0: The Frequency 49 Show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB.
1: Welcome to the Frequency 49 Show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Graham Ross and Simon Holdsworth. Good evening, gentlemen.
0: Evening, Kat.
2: Good evening, Kat. Thanks for
1: having me on. Welcome to the podcast, Simon. It's great to have you. And Graham, of course, is returning. Um, Graham is our editor-in-chief for our podcast, so it's like having the principal in the room today. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess, it would it be headmaster in, in the UK? Um, yes, Okay. I'm
0: definitely not that nasty.
1: <laughs> the 49ers were home hosting the Dallas Cowboys this last Sunday on an emotional day celebrating Dwight Clark, who is suffering with ALS.
0: Yeah, the halftime with uh, with Dwight Clark, that was very very emotional. Um, how he was, how he delivered that speech, and Eddie Dee standing next to him, finding it very very hard not to, you know, not to break down. Basically, um, yeah, that was um, quite um, quite tough to see and and, and watch actually. Um, just knowing how he was and you know and not that long ago I mean I can remember when the 49ers played the the Jags at Wembley a few years ago pre-game Joe Montana and Dwight Clark were on the stage with Neil Reynolds from Sky um talking about the you know the play of the catch and you know when you see him on the stage and you saw him you know fairly close he you know he, he's a, he was a big guy a big big strong, Physical guy, which is how he played. He, you know, he he was one tough player. I can, you know, remember seeing Dwight Clark playing on when uh, when I first got into the 49ers and uh, yeah, just to see the effect of the illness was quite sad, really. And um, and our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family, which at this what can only be a very difficult and traumatic time for them. DC, you'll always have a, a place in all 4A fans' hearts. And we all wish you well in your fight against this illness.
1: Indeed, I, I completely agree. I think um, all of the Niner Empire and the Niner faithful are thinking of, of Dwight and his family in this time. Um, as we know, ALS has no, cur- no cure, but we're always hoping and, and praying that science will come through with something. Um, So he's got all of the Niner faithful with him. We love you, Dwight. Um, Now for thoughts on the game. Let's uh, talk about that game that happened on Sunday. Unfortunately, the best 0-6 team in the NFL didn't show up. The team we saw were less disciplined, less focused, and for the faithful, more frustrating in previous games. At least that was for, true for me. I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: Well, I had a bit of a problem, actually, watching the game. Um, but just through Game Pass over here, it's been horrendous for for us over, over in the UK and Europe. The Game Pass app has been not good this this year. And I wish, when I did finally get to watch it on Monday evening, I wish it was still knackered because it was horrible to watch, wasn't it? It was just such a hard game just, just to watch. Just It was like, it was last season all over. There was... It was just a complete blowout and game over after the first punt. Um, you know, we go we go th- three and out. We stop them. You think great, we're on for a start. Muff the punt. Two plays later, you know, Zeke's in the end zone and doesn't stop getting in the end zone all day. Yeah, not not a good game. Not a good game. And um, hopefully, you just put it down to one of those. And the best 0 and six team will turn up on in in Philadelphia on Sunday
2: I mean from my perspective I think we we just got beat up didn't we I think uh, as Graham touched on there from the the first muffed punt um, you know Ezekiel Elliott runs it into into the end zone and and like you said I think I think their offense clicked into gear Um, I don't think we've seen the Dallas offense play that well Um, but the real downside for me is that in the past games we've been losing quite closely you've always kind of thought we're still in this there's a little bit of something to give us a bit of confidence that we might be able to get back in it, that there was nothing like that on Sunday. It was just, as soon as we went two touchdowns down, we just thought it's it's absolutely game over. There's no way we're getting back into this game whatsoever, which was really disappointing.
1: Yeah, this was the first game I've really felt that it was hopeless. You know, the better team showed up, and boy, did they give us a spanking. Mm-hmm. With a final yeah. score of Cowboys 40 and San Francisco 10, looking at the two quarterbacks, um, Beathard, 22 for 38, 235 yards. Of course, no touchdowns, no INTs. And I, I always like looking at, at the passer rating. Uh, Beathard had a 76.1% passer rating for that game. Dak Prescott, on the other hand, did obviously much better with less he was 16 of 25 for 234 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 134. So obviously Dallas has the better quarterback and better receivers.
0: Yeah, what Beathard really showed there today was, or the weekend rather, was the, um, for, for me, he looks like he was trying to hold on to the ball too too much. And, you know, whereas Hoyer had one of the, the quickest... Um, you know, releases, uh, which I'm guessing was purely down to, uh-oh, this whole line's crap, I need to get rid of it pretty damn quick. And Beathard hasn't made that adjustment yet, in that he's just hanging on to the ball waiting to see what happened, not willing to take a risk, not willing to, um, you know, just throw throw a ball into man coverage and make the receiver go go get it. Um, you know, so he is, you know, he's just holding on to the ball a little bit too long for me, and I, hopefully that will... That'll get ironed out, but I don't know if that's just an inherent trait with him that we'll see throughout the rest of the season. But do you think think he can improve?
2: I think from from my perspective, I think you're absolutely right. I think he, he definitely held on to the ball too long, and there was certainly some rookie mistakes. I mean, at one play in particular, I remember him staring down the same receiver for what seemed like an eternity and, and I think it was Crawford sort of nailed him from from the from the from the rear side and he kind of just thought, you know, he's a little bit it looked like a rookie rabbit in in the headlights on on some players, but um, you know, you've got to give him time. Um, I think, like I said, we we could have had Steve Young or John Montana behind that other line and they would have been hurried and pressured. So uh, I think we've got to perhaps put a little bit of uh, a positive spin on it and say, well, look, it's not going to be like that every week, hopefully. And he'll, he'll learn from that and um, and he'll improve next week. hopefully.
1: Well, and and the line is definitely an issue. It was, definitely leaking like a sieve oh, this past weekend
0: i read somewhere that strangely enough um fusco had one of the highest ratings for a guard in pro football focus this week which i found a little bit surprising that's interesting i mean that's two or three times now i've seen staley give up a sack on on the outside mm-hmm. uh, this season so i don't know whether he's beginning to because um, he's normally the rock of the of that offensive line but yeah it's something that needs to be addressed um one of the many things still, we're still we still a team with multiple needs which we'll is one of the things that have to be addressed in the off-season
2: mm-hmm. uh, I was just going to say I think I think the last few games Just Staley has played a bit like a guy whose head might be turned and looking for a trade somewhere um, you know he's not got many years left it would be perhaps the ideal opportunity for him to try and go to a contender um, and maybe try and get a Super Bowl ring um, he's he's not looked like as, as Graham Ryder said he's not looked like the solid and secure Joe Staley of old. So so um, he may be one of the one of the trades that we see before the before the deadline on Tuesday.
1: And he's still a strong player. I think he's just feeling like he needs to solve it all. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm seeing. Uh, let's see looking at some rushing yards Hyde was 14 for 68 yards uh, that's an average of 4.9 yards per carry his long was 16 yards Breda was 3 for 5 yards a 1.7 average hmm, not so great um, and then my favorite you know I I have this thing about rushing quarterbacks I guess so so CJ's really kind of growing on me CJ was 5 for 30 yards with an average of <laughs> 6 yards per carry his long was 16 and he had the touchdown the only touchdown we scored in garbage time um rushing wise do we need do you think we need to make some changes there
0: i, I think that just stems from the line um I, I actually like a running backs i mean like when you see um hide get going he does tend to get going and there's been you know several times where they've you know when the holes have been created for them the backs mm-hmm. have been able to hit them and go it's when the the holes have not been created for them they can't go anywhere and that's i think that's the problem i think dallas demonstrated what an effective um line was i mean one of the things that marks highlighted was that um zeke elliot had um 147 rushing yards of which only 50 were after contact which basically meant that he had as much space as he wanted to, to run the ball you know so that that just shows you that the offensive line was of Dallas was living up to the hype that it, you know, that, that they're one of the best in the league because they absolutely obliterated our defensive front, which has been f- performing really well mm-hmm. this far this season. So, yeah, I think it's not so much down to the backs, I think it's more down to the the offensive line. I'd,
2: I'd be inclined to agree with that. I think, um, We've got a good combination at running back. I think Hyde and, and Breda have different strengths and bring something different to the table. Um, Hyde's very much a, a downhill runner uh, who will go between um, the centres and um, and the guard, whereas Breda likes to move it to the outside with his speed. Um, interestingly, I thought it was worth pointing out that, that Hyde looks to have improved as a receiver. Um, I think he was our, our second highest receiving in terms of yards he got. Yeah, four catches for 20 yards. Um, and that is something that featured heavily in Shanahan's offense in Atlanta with Devontae Freeman, you know, the, the check down, if you like, down to a down to running back. So that's something that Hyde perhaps needed to improve, which we are seeing improvement on. Mm-hmm. And if we can combine that with a stronger row line and get him sort of really running down a hill through through holes, then it makes for quite a potent offense. But obviously, it's all in the theory, isn't it?
1: Do you think that the absence of uh, Kyle Yuschek was. Part of the reason why the line was so porous this week. Partly because
0: one of the things that I'd noticed quite a lot of, um, we either the, the offensive sets that we have, we tend to, or we, we had a weekend. Um, there was only either the quarterback in the backfield or Hyde or the running back. There was no there was no fullback or even a tight end playing playing in that position. But I did notice that we were playing a lot of two tight end sets quite quite a bit with um kittle and who Huc- Huc- i can't Hucatini? i can't pronounce his name um <laughs> you know, who seems to have uh, kicked um Paulson out of the team again mm-hmm. um so y- yeah i i think um sorry i forgot what the question was there well
1: that big fullback <laughs> use check
0: <laughs> yes yeah yeah I, i'm being disappointed with just check actually because i don't and i don't think it's down to him personally i, I don't i expect him to be used in the tom Rathman mold um you know where where he would take a heavy load of the play where but we've not seen him i think he's only had about four or five times with the ball in the hand all season uh, i know the last couple of games he's been injured but you know when he has been played he hasn't been used he's been used in the blocking way but not as a go-to receiver or a runner which has been what I was really looking forward Mm -hmm. to see because I love that smash mouth you know Rathman style Larry Zonka style just you know bulldozer running do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I just love watching that but we've not we've just not seen it
2: I was just going to touch on 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 what Graham said there it seemed that quite a lot of the running players that were run on Sunday were delayed draw players Um, and obviously with the with the O-line not creating and not not blocking very well. It meant that a running back getting a standing start was only had one or two steps before he was then defensive linemen, So, hence the the poor sort of average yards per carry and the, and the low number of uh, of, of rushing yards in, in, in total because they were kind of running into brick walls on without even getting it. I think there was one rush in particular that I, that was a delayed draw, but Hyde seemed to seem to get quite ahead of steam up, and that was probably his long his long rush of sixteen yards where he seemed to just blast through the hole, but um, other than that, I think, yeah, I think we rank out that if, if we did have a fullback lead in the way, it's that one extra body that kind of drills a hole through the defense, isn't it? So, yeah, I think we are missing a looking bit. So we had a
1: whole bunch of receiving stats to look at. Pierre Garçon, 5 for 49, uh, 9.8 yards was his average, long of 19. Hyde caught – we were talking about Hyde being the second highest. I think he – yeah, 4 for oh, 20 yeah. yards. Yeah. Um, Kittle was one for sixteen. Goodwin was four for eighty. Taylor five for thirty-nine. There's Taylor. Uh, Taylor's average was uh, seven point eight yards and as long of thirteen. So we're finding receivers, but we're not moving the chains. How do we account for that?
0: I think I'll go back to um, what I said earlier. That is play selection and also the and Bethard holding onto the ball and just not being able to get a timing get a timing route out. You know, three-step drop back, quick drops out, get yards after the catch, um, uh, and, and things like that. So I think I think it's more that sort of thing. And again, the offensive line, not giving the quarterback time. That's one thing with this game. You need 11 players to catch a ball. You need 11 players doing their job to run the ball. You know, it, This as soon as one, one player doesn't do their job, misses a block... Um, has a mental mistake commits a penalty we're knackered mm-hmm. and or drops the ball you know so it, it, and it only takes one somebody not on this on the same hymn sheet if you like um, as everybody else and away you go
2: or away we don't go as the case may <laughs> <can> be <laughs> yeah I think, I think you're right I think the line of scrimmage is the base from where all good players come from isn't it and you know, a good line of scrimmage would be on either side of the ball allows the skilled players to kind of do their thing. And and I think, I think you're right. Obviously, a, a quarterback that has more time is more accurate, inevitably. And, and you know, a running back that's hitting holes will, will, will run further. Um, I think our wide receivers do have a case of the dropsies in some cases. And I think that sometimes it is down to them. But I think on the whole, yeah, as you rightly say, I think a, a, it needs to be a well-oiled machine right from right from the line of scrimmage out to uh, to make these plays work and both be caught.
1: Well, it is a work in progress. You know, we got a first year head coach, first year general manager, and a whole bunch of rookies on the field. So it's no surprise that our total first downs in this game were only twenty three. Our third down efficiency was forty six percent. We had a zero percent fourth down efficiency um total yards 290 yards 103 rushing 187 passing uh two penalties for 22 yards i really felt like we had more penalties than that but Ah. they must have been declined
0: (laughs) both must have been on rushard robinson (laughs) (laughs) because honestly what is i just don't understand what the coaches are doing with him because he is pen you know he is mr penalty isn't he Mm -hmm. You know, why they haven't taken him aside. Okay, this is how you do it, guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and get that out of him. Because he, he's, not, he's now, he, he was a rookie last year. This is his second season, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and he was all right last year from what I thought. I thought this guy could be good, but he's had some howlers um, games. Although the last couple, prior to this one, we had seen some kind of improvement from him. But yeah, a step backwards on on Sunday.
1: Well, and I don't know if you guys caught it. It it was shown over here. Um, three of them: Tart, I want to say Robinson, and someone else. I think Eric Reed were all kind of having a little meltdown with each other, a little fight on the sidelines, and. I saw that and just thought, really? Is this the time? Is this the place? Let's suck it up, buttercup, get out on the field and do your job.
0: I've heard about it and yeah. you just think, no, that's not the good. that's not the good thing for a team Mm-mm. how the team's supposed to work, is it? That's showing a, a little bit of dissent and that and I just wonder, you know, with and also with Eric Reed now and things that he's been asked to do and you know, and how he's handling himself, I meaning he he's saying nothing but saying everything. Mm-hmm. You, you know you, you know by saying oh the coach has asked me to do this so i'm doing it and kind of reading between the lines he's really not happy about it so yeah it's um i just wonder if the the coaches are beginning to lose the team
1: well would it be losing the team or deciding who isn't going to return next year
0: but is that is, is that would you do that in the middle of a season I know we're not going to make the playoffs this year.
1: I think we knew that from day one, though.
0: Exactly. So why, if you're going to do that, why are they on the team in the first place?
1: To see if they were worth their weight, I guess is the only way I can really put it. I mean, really, it's, it's kind of, you know, they have all these new guys and they've brought in all these guys. And the guys that are left, you know, were from the previous regimes. And so, okay... You know, show me that you are are deserving of being on my team. You know, go out there, do your job, set the example. Don't make mistakes. Of course, everybody seems to be making mistakes. Um, you know, I, I'm wondering if it's kind of a tryout at this point.
2: Yeah, I think I think it is. I think I think that's what they're doing. I think they're evaluating everybody rather than. Focusing on on, on results. And um, just going back to that incident, Kat, It was it was Jaki's guitar, Akello with the spoon, and Ray Ray Armstrong. Thank you. Who, was, who were doing the join, as they say. Um, so that's interesting in itself. Akello with spoon, obviously being a rookie. Jaki's guitar, I think his second year, isn't it? Um, and Ray Ray Armstrong, a seasoned veteran. So you just wonder whether he was perhaps, you know, saying, "Come on, guys, you know this is your turn, and prove yourself, and you can use." Not hitting the mark, kind of thing. It'd be interesting to see if there was any dialogue or whether we get any comments from any of the any of the management about that, um, or whether it's just going to be kind of swept under the carpet. Um, but in, in terms of in terms of Eric Reed, um, he got some he got quite a lot of snaps at linebacker, didn't he? Which is which is interesting, um, as we, we well more of a big nickel kind of position. We don't really run a nickel offense, a nickel defense, sorry, anymore. Um, but he had quite a lot of snaps there, and I think it was interesting that Jimmy Ward and Jaquez Tart played every single snap on defense. So that will probably tell you what you need to know about where the where the viewer agreed, really.
0: But the thing is, so if, for me, if you've got, I mean, I've been really impressed with Reed um, when he was when he was playing safety, and you think, okay, right, if 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 your three strongest um, defensive secondary players are Reed, um, Tart. And uh, and Ward, surely you keep Reed and Tart at safety, and you move Ward back over to Corner, where he had played all his career up until the beginning of this season, and and did it really really well. When that is an area of weakness, I think that would be the obvious
2: thing to do, without a shadow of a doubt.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why they've moved him to linebacker. It's oh, I know, I know, we've got a great big gaping hole that's been left by by Bowman, but.
2: I, I just uh, that baffles me a little bit. It may be that they're looking at it from a different perspective. Maybe they know exactly what Ward, uh, sorry, Reed brings to the table at safety. And as we said, maybe they're looking at um, Witherspoon and uh, Rashad Robinson and saying, right, let's let these guys play, and we can evaluate them better. We know we, we know Reed can play safety. We know he can do that. Let's have a look at Tart Let's have a look at Ward, and um, and we can utilize Reed in a in a different position. Just a theory. Personally, I would love to see Tart, Ward,
0: and, and Reid on the roster as safeties, and therefore, you know, you've got you've got strength and depth there, you know, and you can yeah. rotate those three around, because Tart's pro- proven that he can play both free safety and strong safety. I just don't understand why you would even kind of contemplate. Oh yeah, we've got Tart and, and Ward,
2: Reid's out the door now. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think if you look at those three as a as a, as a a group of safeties. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a trio as perhaps as strong as that in in, in the league. As as funny as it sounds, you know, all three of them are very very competent safeties. So I, you're right, and I agree with you that you would probably look at keeping those three in an ideal world. But we again, we're not privy to the to the tactics or the the, the, the plan, as it were, with the with the front office or with, with the Shalahan.
1: Well, only time will tell. Um, Richard Burley asks: Have we been getting comfortable with the only just losing by three points or or less? And was the Cowboys blowout the antidote we needed to realize that?
0: I don't think you ever get comfortable with losing because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's been it's been it's been it's really really hard. Um, because it's been really frustrating. Um, I don't think comfortable is the right thing. Yeah, we, we probably did. Uh, Need a. This can go one of two ways now. We're either going to get a reaction, and we're we're actually going to take it to the Eagles on 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 Sunday and and actually beat them, or we're just going to fall into 2016 season mode. Yeah, I hope it's the positive reaction because you will there will be a reaction from this, and it's
2: just which way it goes. I think I think the fact that Shanahan is going to remain in charge next year, I think. We should get a positive reaction rather than 2016 mode because I think towards the end of 2016 it was obvious that a new coach would be coming in, and maybe the guys thought, well, we kind of don't have to prove ourselves now. The real work starts at the start of the season. We have to prove ourselves to a new coach, a new coaching setup. I think we will get a, a better response. You know, like you said, it could go one of two ways, but these guys are actually playing for their playing for their roster spots and they're playing for their careers now, and and I, I think. In response to Richard's question, I I don't think that we got comfortable with sort of running a close second. I think we may have got comfortable with showing signs of improvement week on week and taking that as a moral victory. Um, That certainly (laughs) didn't repeat itself against Dallas, so hopefully it it, it works as a kind of jab in the the arm saying, look, you know, that's not kind of good enough. We are playing for our futures, and, you know, although it's going to be tough, we, we, we have got the tools to beat Philadelphia, there's no doubt about it. We just have to play a perfect game almost for the skill set that we have.
1: So we had some roster moves the last couple of weeks. One flew under the radar. Um, Leon Hall, a cornerback, he was signed on the 10th, but he was inactive last week. Uh, He is an 11-year veteran, formerly of the Bengals by way of – whoops, I lost it. Um, Anyway, he's got a combined 386 tackles, 115 assists, two sacks and two INTs. Um, beyond that, what do we know about Leon Hall?
2: Absolutely nothing.
1: That's what I said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I'd have to echo that. I do know that he was released and re-signed again this week as well, which is interesting, part of the, uh, the roster merry-go-round that, that seems to be happening with the 49ers with, with the sort of year on year. Um, it could bring a, a bit of stability to the cornerback position. I think he may be a good... Leaning post for for the younger ones, for Witherspoon and, and Robinson, and, and to a certain extent, Dante Johnson as well. Um, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. He might be a good person to have around the locker room. he mm-hmm. uh, part some wisdom.
1: We also signed Dayton Jones, a defensive lineman, who was four years with the Packers before signing with Minnesota. Never played a snap with Minnesota. They released him before the beginning of the season. He followed that up by signing with the Lions, but was released on the 11th. He's got a combine, uh, fifty-eight tackles, two fumble recoveries, and one INT. Um, all I've really seen of Dayton Jones is his uh, some of his college film. Um, is he on your guys' radar at all?
0: No. Is it, was he a next first rounder? Uh,
1: two thousand twelve,
0: I believe. Yeah. Um, he was obviously a stud in college, and and he's been banged up in the NFL, and that's why he's bouncing around a little bit from team to team. So we'll we'll see what we end up with that's all we can do. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, to make room for them both, we waved Xavier Cooper and Logan Paulson. So, bye Paulson. Again. <laughs> Again, yeah.
2: <laughs> I
0: think it's the third time we've waved him.
2: He's a, he's a yo-yo player, isn't he? It's like a frisbee, it's like a frisbee that we just keep we just keep coming back. yeah
1: so jason argo asks is this the right time to be letting the veterans go if this is a team that's expected to be challenging in three to four years time we'd be as well to let the likes of hyde reed staley etc follow bowman out the door as they won't be here in four years time and use them to accumulate draft picks and build a team that will compete does he have a point yes and
0: no um i i do think every team needs some kind of veteran leadership i think you need to you know on any kind of competitive sports team whether it's american football rugby or football you know a good team has got the right blend of youth and experience i think you need that although we seem to be getting rid of all our experience um whether that's right whether that's right or wrong i i don't know um my personal view is I, I would love Staley to finish his career as a 49er. Yeah. I wouldn't want him to go anywhere else. So maybe from the sentimental
2: side of me, I don't want him traded. Mm. Uh, I couldn't have put that better myself. That's exactly what I was going to say, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I, the only thing I would add is that there's there's a couple of arguments, really. You kind of go, as I mentioned before, about player development. Do we just kind of put them on the field and say, look, they're rookies. They're going to make rookie mistakes. Hopefully they learn from them. But then you'd expect him, you know, a veteran to put his arm around them and say, "Look, you know, these things happen. They happened to me when I was a rookie," and you know, kind of guide them through the first years in the NFL. Um, and as, as Graham rightly said, you know, we're kind of letting all our our experience go, and and then wondering why rookies are making rookie mistakes. You know, mm. it's um,
0: it's a bit of a double
2: edged sword, really. It is.
0: I mean, we are kind of doing that anyway. I mean, again, one of the things that the marks pointed out was on. In, in week one if you add up all the offensive and defensive snaps um the rookie, the rookies that we had um on the team had 174 snaps so all the all the, the rookies that are to combined to 174 snaps and against the cowboys all the rookies had 405 snaps so that kind of shows that what we're doing already we're already getting that you know with the with the with the team mm-hmm. that we've got we are blooding the youngsters
1: well I just i I, I just feel like that can lead to burnout or you know blowing out somebody's knee or or something you know that could have a promising career if they had that that veteran mentoring them
2: definitely and there's also the confidence is a big thing in any sport um, and if these guys their first experience of the professional game is getting beat down week in, week out, making mistakes, getting the fingers pointing at them and, and all that kind of thing. You know, it comes to year two and they're shot to pieces. You know, they're not playing with the same confidence that they did perhaps coming out of college. And, um, you know, they might have the the attributes to be able to play the game, but but not believing in themselves. Um, another thing I, want, I wanted to touch on was, was free agency. You know, we all kind of know the 49ers are sat on this big pot of money in, in cap space and... You know, are we going to spend it? Are we, You know, who are we going to get? Well, in my opinion, if we're getting rid of our experience and just what's the point in spending boatloads of money on people to replace them, we may as well just stick with the guys we've got and and add to them and have even more better um, experience around the place, you know. So uh, we'll see what happens with free agency. We're notoriously tight-fisted, aren't we, over the recent years?
1: So um, Simon Holdsworth asks, where do we see the primary (laughs) laugh. Stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We did warn you. Well, Graham warned you. He did. (laughs) Simon Holdsworth asks, where do we see the primary focus being in the draft? Quarterback? O-line? Secondary? I'd suggest the O-line, but it needs a hell of a lot of work. You could put Montana or Marino or Gore and Peyton behind that and they'd all struggle. Simon?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll answer this one if that's all right. Um, I, I think we've pretty much covered it. I mean, with we, we, the notes I've written here, sort of, we go through. You know, the quarterbacks have more time, the running backs have more holes and better blocking. Um, I think it's I think it's telling that you know over the last five years we've used our last first last five sorry first rounders on defensive players with the exception of Josh Garner, who was a, obviously a second pick in the first round. Um, so. I'd like to think that we're looking at the O-line in in, in the draft and obviously in in, in free agency as well. We've mentioned about how that's the basis for for the entire offense, Um, although it is worth noting that um, perhaps the the front office were frightened off signing offensive players as the the last first rounder we signed who was an offensive player was one A.J. Jenkins, and we all don't know how that turned out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Less said about that, the better, I think. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. But we still, but even s- since that point, we've still got a need at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, position-wise, you're not going to get any. You know, I, th- I think the three things, um, main positions-wise for, for any team is quarterback, protecting the quarterback, and then sacking the quarterback in that order. Um, so we have to get a quarterback somewhere. That will probably. Be, I hope we get um a veteran i hope we i know and i actually th- would like to see kirk cousins because i think with a team and develop that could be good um i think you need a veteran quarterback is better than a rookie quarterback because i think that ex- that speeds up the the winning process how long did it take dallas and jimmy johnson to i i, I don't know you know you and even the 49ers with uh with, with montana um and it took them two or three years from from the rookie level to actually be fairly competitive if we can get a, a veteran quarterback that can play quarterback well, um, will will make us a competitive winning team, and then you put the pieces around them. Um, so therefore, if we deal with that in free agency, then that for me tells us we we address the line, um, or we address the the, the, the defensive edge. I won't be surprised um, if we one of our draft one of our high draft picks is a is a defensive. You know, edge rusher, because I think that's one thing that's solely missing in this team at the moment. Well,
1: I yeah. definitely think the inside of the O-line needs to be addressed big time, somewhere, oh, some oh, way. definitely.
0: But to be fair to um, Lynch and uh, Shannon, did they try to do that this off-season? I mean, like, they brought in um, the guy from, um, oh, I've forgotten his name now, from, from from Baltimore that went to the Pro Bowl. He did all right during the... um oh, well, it's well, it's camp no, no, on the offensive side, on oh, the sorry. offensive line. Um, he was a pro baller, was it? Oh God, I can't remember his name. Zuta,
2: was it Zuta? Oh, Zuta, yeah, Jonathan oh, yeah. Zuta.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so they, they, they did, and it just didn't work out. And um, you know, I, I, and we are, we are, where we are now. So they brought in Tomlinson. brought in Tomlinson
2: as well, didn't they? From, was it from the Lions? Yeah, yes,
0: and he's done all right, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. He's
2: done okay, yeah, I think. It's okay. Um, but he's, he's not
0: been brilliant, but you know i think offensive line play across the league isn't brilliant um there's not that many outstanding lines i mean we had one that's so annoying you know, know. You, you go back 3 years we had um anthony um anthony daniel retired um yupati left to go at the cardinals Boone left to, to go and that just killed our line but yeah. I mean, that was that was so solid but yeah time moves on
1: well and I think we've said it before on the show that the the Shanahan system is more complicated too to be fair. So you know that could also be a, a, a learning curve for our present O line it's just driving yeah. me nuts that you know <laughs> all those. <sacks>. it is
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um jason argo asks has eric this okay i i added this just because it cracked me up has eric armstead played his last game for us well since he's been on ir since the 17th and didn't play this last week um i think it's hard to say
0: <laughs> well I, yeah i can't see him coming back um because I think you're only allowed to designate two players to return from, IR.
1: I think the earliest uh, he can come back is the end of November.
2: Did he right, did, did okay. you mean this season or did he mean at all? It sounds like for the...
1: <laughs> it sounds like at all. Is how I'm reading yeah. it.
2: Are we getting traded as well. We might as well trade the whole team away.
1: <laughs> we gotta have somebody. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna address it. Are we tanking purposely? Hmm. Possibly. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, and, and 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 this is purely only on the decision that they made and how they're going to address the quarterback situation. Um, was that the, who were the quarterbacks that they signed? The first two players we signed in free agency were Brian Hoyer and Mark Barkley, quarterbacks that couldn't even beat out Jay Cutler. So I think they they, they took the view that. We need so many pieces here. We need another. We need another year of another high, of another high draft pick, um, and therefore, if we can put out a team that might win some games, might not, but we'll put out put out some effort, and what will be will be, and we'll get the right pieces in place to build a team for year two. That wouldn't surprise me if that just based on that um, that decision. I don't know what you think. That's just purely my opinion.
1: The only thing that prevents me from believing that hypothesis completely or embracing that hypothesis completely is that we had five games where we were so close to winning, you know, we were so competitive that, you know, if, if a team is really going to tank, are they going to play that hard and be that competitive to only lose by, you know, three or three points or less? Here's a, here's a
2: theory do you think that we were supposed to be losing? The guys have been sent out there and saying, guys, we're going to tank this year. And then after, uh, before the Dallas game, Shanahan said, guys, you've been, you've almost won your last six games. What the hell are you doing? People are going to think. that." <laughs> <laughs> Paul's going to love the conspiracy theories. <laughs> people are going to think that we're, people are going to start realizing actually how good we are. So you mm-hmm. need to really, really lose badly this week. And <laughs> the ballast, the ballast game came and went, and, and that's why we got absolutely, absolutely destroyed. Like kind of thing. So, again, one for the conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's inter- Interestingly, just touching on on the QB situation, Cat, has there been many media outlets reporting um, that Cousins is virtually a done deal for next year? Actually,
1: nothing. There's re- nothing on the quarterback situation.
2: I was at the. Which game was it? It was the London game, the Baltimore, um, Jacksonville game. And uh, Neil Reynolds was on stage, and he, without directly saying it, intimated that he'd kind of had it on first-hand information that Cousins to the Niners was a done deal. I know he spent quite a bit of time with Cousins over the last couple of years, I think, didn't he, doing some work for Sky. So whether it's just him...
1: I think a part of that is also going to come down to, are the Redskins going to tag him again? Because the Redskins can put the franchise tag on yeah. on him again, and he's not going anywhere.
2: Uh-huh. That's Although
1: it would be unprecedented because that would be, I think the fourth year in a row.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, again, if it's, if it is, if again, one for the conspiracy games, if it is a, a done deal, I'm guessing that that decision has already been met, but um, it'd be interesting to see. I I personally, like Kirk Cousins, I think he'd be he knows kind of how he knows the offense, I think he'd be I think he'd be a good fit, but you know, what about, what about poor CJ Beckett, he's only just got in and we're writing him off already
1: But wouldn't, wouldn't just for discussion's sake wouldn't Cousins be a good mentor for CJ?
2: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt without I mean, a doubt.
1: he obviously did well against the Niners
2: <laughs> meaning <laughs> the Cousins <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think I think we 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 touched on it earlier, didn't we? That that Beathard is still making rookie mistakes and under pressure, and you know when the when the defense is coming at him, he perhaps stayed and he's he's held the ball for too long and stared down receivers and didn't really go through his progressions as as quickly as you'd like. So having an experience player in QB around below him help it. So yeah, I think that's a very valid point.
1: It'll be interesting to see. Well, yes. let's move on to our next game. We have a game we're playing Sunday morning in on the U.S. Pacific Time, uh, 10 a.m. kickoff for me, uh, 6 p.m. for you guys at Lincoln Financial. The Niners are traveling to Philadelphia to meet the six and one Eagles, who have the best record in the NFC.
0: In the NFL, and we've got the worst.
1: And we have the worst. Well, one of the worst. <laughs> Don't forget Cleveland.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: So currently the Niners lead the all-time series 19 12 and one the last meeting was a 26 21 win for the Niners in Santa Clara in week four of the 2014 season when Frank the tank and Stevie Johnson along with four Phil Dawson field goals helped the Niners to win uh, the Niners have won the last two meetings but the Eagles won six of the previous seven this will be the third consecutive game the Niners have against an NFC East team what are we looking at for this game, guys?
0: Hope and a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Um, I watched the Monday night game um, against... Uh, the the, the game's just gone. The Eagles against the Redskins. And I, I don't know what's happened to Karen Wentz, but he's suddenly turned into Aaron Rodgers. Um, he, he played really, really, really well. And... Uh, you know, they've got the best record in the um, in the, the NFC, if not the NFL, um, at, at the moment for a reason. They're, they're, they're playing well. But it's any given Sunday. Um, hopefully we get a reaction, um, and it's the right reaction. And um, this could be another Dallas result as well. Um, yeah, hopefully not.
2: I think it's almost the perfect storm to be the another Dallas result. If you look at uh, the Eagles' strengths, um, you cast them, Wentz, it, it is... Balling out, he's he's playing unbelievable football. I mean, the, the one of the plays that he did on Monday night, where he kind of flipped a ball from behind his ear, it seemed, and for the for the touchdown under pressure later on, was was very Rogers-esque. Um, I think their strengths play into our weaknesses. The Zach, Zach Hertz has been creating mismatches against whoever he plays, and I think we struggle to pick up tight ends sometimes in coverage. Um, and they've got field-stretching receivers, which. You know, we're, we're probably one of the worst teams in the NFL for giving up big plays. Um, Nelson Aguilar and, and one of you know an old player in Torres Smith, who have got real field stretching ability, um, it's going to be really, really, really tough. Um, and I think the key to it is getting pressure on. We have to get to Wentz. If we don't get to Wentz, then I can only see it going one way. Unfortunately,
1: we got to at least pressure him enough to b- break his rhythm. Because when he uh-huh. gets into a rhythm, he and Ertz are unstoppable.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's not just getting pressure to him. we got to get him down. I still don't know how he managed to escape that. I think he had the whole Reskin's defensive line just about to sack him. And he just manages to get out of the pocket somehow and, and goes on a big, long run. Yeah, which just reminded me, this is just like Aaron Rodgers playing. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just, yeah, so we've got to put the pressure on. We've got to get him on the ground. It's as simple as that. Our secondary will 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 need to step up because they've shown the ability to hit the deep ball. I'm probably going to say something now that's going to eat my words because after seeing that the Redskins and Dallas just throw screen after screen against us the last two weeks for big big yards, I didn't see Philadelphia actually run a screen all game. Um, be interesting to see if they pick up on their game planning yeah. um, against us. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a toughie. And uh, and just one thing as well, it's actually 5pm. I believe it's oh, actually it 5pm. We've got this stupid daylight saving thing, which our clocks go back on, on Sunday night, so oh. the hours are it still doesn't align. I'm pretty sure read somewhere that says 5 o'clock uh, okay. this Saturday, this Sunday. Just so everybody knows, so they don't miss it or... Maybe they can say they've missed it for a good reason.
2: So, you can
0: get comfortable for a good hour before
2: kickoff, whichever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: And we follow you a couple of weeks after with that. So defensively, the Eagles have allowed an average of 21 points per game so far, 12th in the NFL. They have also allowed an average of 340 yards per game, 20th in the NFL. 67 of those are on the ground, the lowest in the NFL against the rush. The Niners have allowed an average of 27 points per game. That's 30th in the NFL and 393 total yards, which is 28th in the NFL. Um, So can we exploit their yards per game average allowance and keep ours down?
0: Well, if I hope so. I mean I, I if we go back to that sort of same sort of game that probably kept it competitive and Bethard can get the ball out quickly, then I don't see why not.
2: I think a lot rests on, on, on Bethod with um the Eagles having the stingiest defence against the run. Um I think the I mean we've alluded to our offensive line issues creating holes for our running backs I think a lot will fall on the shoulders of Beathard and and the receiving core and it is really down to them in my opinion for for this game as to whether we we move the ball at all really it's um it's gonna be difficult really hard but i can't see our rushing i can't see our running backs getting much joy out of the out of the philly uh, defense
1: so richard burley asks carson wentz was a top rusher for the eagles against a decent redskins o-line his rush stats have been increasing week on week. What can we do to stop him? A throwing touchdowns for fun, and B picking up run yardage.
0: Everybody doing their job properly. No penalties. Don't shoot ourselves in the foot, and you know play ball. They've shown it that they're that they can be a, a decent NFL side um, in a couple of games this year. Now's the time to show it against the currently the best one in the league.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's the ideal if they are going to stand up and be counted. This is the ideal ideal scenario for them, isn't it? On the back of a, a really heavy and, and demoralising loss um, against the best team in the NFL at the moment in terms of record, um, yeah, the, the, the defensive line has to really, really stand up. I think the loss of Eric Houns is a is a blow. I think him and, and DeForest Buckner have been working well in tandem. Um, but, you know, who's the name of the guy we've we've signed this week? Detone Dayton Jones. Day. Dayton Jones. He may be the second coming of uh, Justin Smith. You never know. So there you go. We'll, uh, well, you know, we, I guess it, we'll see. We'll see. We've just got to get pressure. We've got to pressure.
1: It, yeah. If if we can get Wentz on on his heels and preferably on his rear end, I think we could definitely contain him more. Um, but yeah, we shall see. Uh, Richard also asks "Is it Brita's time yet?"
0: Hmm. Well, a couple of weeks ago it was interesting, wasn't it? Because um, Shannon was riding the hot hand, and that was Breda. And then and since then, he hasn't really been in the game much. Um, I just wonder if that was the whole idea was just to light a fire under Carlos Hyde. Um, yeah. But um, if, the, if the offensive line don't create holes, it doesn't matter which running back you've got there, they ain't going to get any yards. You can have Gail Sears in there, you ain't going to get, ain't going to get anywhere.
2: No, I agree, and I think we spoke about it earlier, didn't we? About the running backs that we have bringing something different to the table. I don't think one is a direct replacement for the other. And I think that you have to have that variation, um, particularly behind a bad O-line, um, to cr- try and create gaps in um, by using kind of misdirection and, and different play calling rather than sort of just running the same play over and over again and expecting it to work. So, um, yeah, I think Braver's definitely one. He's got talent. He's definitely one for to be part of the rebuild, um, but certainly not, in my opinion, the first of mine. Um I did watch the Penn State versus Michigan game this weekend. I don't know if any of you guys saw it. Um, and they have got a running back um, that is just looked outstanding. He's going to be a, a first round. Um, he's going to be probably the number one pick maybe coming out of college. Um, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Rob has waxed lyrical about him on the on the Facebook page, and I think I posted something after watching the game, said that he might be onto something because, you know, I saw his name and I thought, oh, well, have a look and see how he is, and he, he took the ball in from 69 yards with his first touch. Um, so he, uh, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that kid has got some skills. So and it's a playmaker, but you know, I'd like say rather than him replace people, he may be better off just coming in and and being alongside Breder and, and Hyde maybe, but. Um, I don't know, it's definitely a prospect that we should be looking at and
1: shadow of a doubt Okay, so now, after we've broken that down it's time for our two minute drill I've got two minutes on the clock, are you guys ready?
0: Yes, let's go for it Ready
1: Okay, here we go Simon, with Reuben Foster leaving his comeback game with a rib injury is he, he is yet to complete a game is he injury prone?
2: I'd like to think not um he maybe needs to work on his uh, tackling technique um but i'd be more interested if he wasn't i'd be more concerned should i say if he wasn't getting involved at all um i think he's just having a bit of a run of bad luck
1: okay graham the packers lost 26 17 at home to the saints at the weekend are their super bowl chances over with the rogers injury yes definitely okay simon after week seven who do you think will contest the super bowl
2: Mm-hmm. um tough one because it's so even this year. Um I'm gonna go with if Wentz keeps playing the way he is, I'm gonna go with the Eagles and I'm gonna go with Kansas City.
1: Oh Graham, Justin Timberlake has been announced at the halftime show act for the Super Bowl this week. If you could choose the act,
0: who would you choose? Oh, um Iron Maiden without a Shadow that. <laughs> that is a great shout. Yes. Ripped,
1: yeah. <laughs> Simon the last NFL London game will be played at Twickenham this weekend between the Vikings and the Browns who will emerge victorious
2: Vikings by a boatload of points
1: <laughs> Graham will we see a third consecutive shutout at the NFL London game
0: um, Cleveland yes possible yes
1: Okay, Simon based on how well the Niners have played this season what do you think our record should be
2: um, I think that a couple of results could have gone our way. I think, I think, two and five maybe would have been a fairer reflection than, than zero and seven. But we are zero and seven, unfortunately.
1: Graham, poor refereeing has been highlighted as, as a significant issue this season, with the Niners in particular seeming to be on the end of a number of bad calls. Have refereeing decisions cost us a game this season, or have other factors been the cause?
0: alluded to earlier i think you've got to be good enough to overcome penalties so i'm going to say no they haven't they've influenced but they've not been the, the cause
1: and we are out of time all right guys so niners eagles who wins this weekend <sighs> no one wants to pick
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, after after seeing the two games um you gotta go with the Eagles, unfortunately. Um, but any giving Sunday, you know, if you're a betting man, I mean, I think what what are they? We're twelve and a half point underdogs.
2: Mhm.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I you know, and some of the other games, I would, you know, I quite fancy taking that spread, but I, I don't know if I fancy this one.
2: No, I'd agree. I mean, there has been some fairly surprising results in the NFL so far this season. I just can't see it happening for those against the Eagles on Sunday. I'm going to go Eagles.
1: I'm going to have to go Eagles too. And it breaks my heart to say it, but
0: yeah. Well, let's be honest. It's probably one of the only NFC East team that you could actually go for against the 49ers. Because as you said last week, I can never vote for the Cowboys. I can never vote for the Giants.
1: (laughs)
2: No, too much history. history. Yep. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, that's it for our show. Uh, thanks to audionautics.com for the music. Thanks as always to our good friends, Mark Lyon, Andrew Mitchell, Rob Newell, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, Daryl nils Heinman, and of course the illustrious Graham Ross for all the work they do on the group. And- <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB and on Facebook. Our group is the Niner Empire GB. You can also e- email us at frequency49 show at gmail.com. It's time to say goodbye, boys.
0: Bye, boys. Goodbye, boys.
1: On behalf of Graham Ross and Simon Holdsworth, I'm Kat Victorino. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.